Hi, I'm D&D enthusiast and dungeon master Ryan Howard. Do you love D&D and other tabletop RPGs? Do you want to hear stories from people who not only also love RPGs, but have created and impacted them throughout their storied careers? Do you like stories of triumph and tragedy from other players and dungeon masters? Do you like passable impressions of celebrities? If so, check out my weekly interview podcast, Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, where I interview dungeon masters, players, content creators, and visionaries who love the game and all it stands for. Hear interviews with people like Larry Elmore, Shane Hensley, David Iwalt, Steve Kenson, and many more on Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard. Listen on Anchor or wherever fine podcasts are heard. Greetings, peasants. I mean, hello, brave warriors, noble adventurers, and devious dungeon masters. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. My name is Tim, I'm the Dungeon Master, and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. Today we have episode 34. This is an episode that is heavy on some details in terms of the story. There's some narrative exploration here. Uh, some pretty important stuff with regards to upcoming events. Wink, wink. I hope you enjoy it, and I do want to mention that this is the second last episode that will use our old recording setup. So you can hear in this one that there are some uh, echoing sounds, there's some a few a few problem moments overall, nothing terrible, but the whole reason we did that recent Kickstarter is to get better audio. So this is the second last episode using our old less good recording setup. And episode 35 will be the very last, and I can't wait for that to be done and out of the way and for everyone to bask in the glory of our new, less crappy sound. I do want to thank Josh Sanford, who gave us an awesome recommendation on Facebook. Thank you so much, Josh. I don't think there's too much that I have to announce other than that, so I don't want to waste your time. I should point out that you, you'll have heard a small, short uh, spot for Ryan Howard's podcast, Rolling Bones with Ryan Howard, uh, I really enjoy his podcast so much that I wanted to include a little spot for it, and he was kind enough to oblige with providing one. So I think everyone should go check it out right now. Well, you know, you can listen to this first and then go check it out, whatever you want. But definitely do check it out at the very least, and if you like it, give it an awesome review, because that's what it deserves. Anyways, that's enough for me. Let's rejoin our heroes, Candace Caney, Matt, and Tom, otherwise known as Fiance, Vanna, Spruce Lee, and Gilladob Fabblestabble. Cool, okay. So last time, the four of you killed a ghost dragon named Tarun, who was going insane in Boldbrook, and Faye saved Brita, remarkably, and then also just laid down this sick, poetic burn. I mean, if words could kill... They probably still wouldn't, but I mean, it would have been like a, yeah, would have been close to doing physical damage. I think if you knew cutting words or something like that. Vicious mockery. Yeah, it was on par with, yeah, it was intense. Um, and then afterwards, Dane, I think, politely asked you to make your exit from the city. Um, and you had 
gotten your stuff together, got your wagon, got dog, got Enna. You're going to go to Tall Hill for reasons. We can pick up there with with, uh, being on the carriage ride to Tall Hill. I think it's about a like a two-day journey it's it's a like very backcountry sort of place it's not um like a commerce of like like a hub of commerce or trade or anything like that it's a very out of the way village so you anticipate that your travel there is going to be very quiet so could be a good chance to reflect on things that have happened or things yet to come uh, ask any questions of Enna, I think some people might have still had some questions for Enna. I don't really care what you do. I'm not invested in your well-being, so there. <laughs> so this is this is the morning now. We've rested overnight. Okay. I'm just gonna steal it. As Katie out of game. What? Okay, so we're gonna talk to Teller and Lilith. What are what is our like? What are we hoping to gain exactly? What do we want to know? Well, we haven't seen them in a bit, so Teller could have been talking or having visions this whole time, and mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. we'll be able to catch up on that. Yeah. I don't think we really need anything from Lila. She's just old acquaintance. Yeah. Yeah, not really. You had kind of wanted to maybe talk to that wizard about seeing if he actually did know anything about getting back to the Underdark. Yeah. Otherwise. I'm sure she's already talked to him as well, so mm. maybe that'll be you know a conversation between the three of them. And uh, we've got the creepy orb, you know, we've been showing that to some people. Yep. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, we saw those that ship that followed us when we were going to yeah. where we met our dragon friend, mm-hmm. ex dragon friend. I think we got like a vague description of what they were like. Green face. Yeah, green face. Yeah, pretty green much all we saw. And wearing like black robes. Well, you can see his eyes. Yeah. Well, and their weird ship. Yeah. Made to look like a dragon from I'm below. I'm so curious about that, yeah. I find it slightly interesting. I was thinking about the fact that we have sent everyone to this city just based on the fact that Lilith said she was going there because mm-hmm. there was a wizard who knew something about the Underdark, which doesn't mean he's a good wizard or that anything else in the city is fine, but Tim dropped some breadcrumb about another city and we're like, we should go to this place. Well, it was always just an option because at least we knew like Lilith was, was there. Like, if she made it there. It is close, mm-hmm. I believe, to the Dragonborn uh, border. Well, I guess closer, but it's still quite far away. It's very far to the north and out of the way. So there's little strategic value for the Dragonborn to try to go there and, you know, secure it for any reason. Yeah, and who knows what's been happening back at uh, Pharaoh's Point. Do have they, no one's told us in the Tattoo Trust? I mean, Spruce has called like seven meetings. I feel like we haven't even gotten that much today. <laughs> in the last five minutes. <laughs> so while he's doing stuff, any thoughts about what we're going to... Are you just going to talk to her about her ideas or... By her, you mean Anna? Yeah. I mean, we already know she has the thing. You just want to talk about Elwyn more so, is what you were saying? Yeah, I want to get more of her insight about him and this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Because other than that, we pretty much know about her dragon cure and her basics for it. Yeah, but she's going to need, like, a place to work on it. Yeah, but that's not, like, a question she needs to, like, I guess, get there, right? That's not she can answer along the way. Yeah. That'll be something we'll see once we get to this town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do want to ask her just, I guess, about kind of her her past with him and, and uh, 
knowing him when they were studying together. Spruce doesn't know the conversation that she had with Gilly, but he knows that she knew him and, and studied with him. Um, so I'm, yeah, just curious for more information about that. What he was like, whenever. I mean, before we knew him. By the time like they, they had sort of known each other immediately prior to the beginning of, of the war. And then sporadically they would cross paths during the war and then and then following the war they studied together more consistently for a brief time before he got he was kind of involved he wasn't like a student or a teacher at the arcade academy he was kind of like involved maybe as like a consultant or a guest lecturer perhaps Mm. but he didn't like it all that much because of the like too many rules he was always very focused and driven basically to always to this end point of like the security of the realm and making sure that like not just the security but also the progress I think you had mentioned a few times like Matt um, sort of out of character about her comment about him creating new life Mm -hmm. so on that topic she sort of says that he had sort of kicked that idea around of making this like one batch of this stuff for just for Kalira to prolong her life but that he even with like all his magnificent creations um he he didn't quite get to that point where he wanted to to play god because that's essentially sort of the territory that he was going into mm-hmm. and when Kalira had found out about his intention and told him no he was he was actually receptive to that and and sort of backed off so she's more surprised that he had had created something at all let alone something that like had these harmful consequences well, it was something that he didn't even really want to do in the first place and then Kalira said she didn't want him to do it and then uh, for some reason there was a change and he did it mm. correct and do we know for sure that, like, he created this original batch that, that worked, that had the effect of extending one's life, and that it was given to Clear? Like, did she actually consume it, or could that be, yeah, not the case? As far as she knows, as far as Anna knows, he, he never had, like, a working formula for it, so Clara never took it or anything like that and it was always just a theory so we, we only imagine that he actually took action on his old theory yeah as, as far as anyone's aware hmm. when clear sort of kiboshed it that was the end of it does she know if he was working on any other like projects during that kind of time when he would have actually created new life she she doesn't she doesn't think so. She doesn't recall. I guess There's, anything like that would be dangerous along similar lines to creating something like new life. She she shakes her head. She says like the Elwyn that I knew would not like once he wouldn't try to like he got told this is a bad idea. He wouldn't try to like go like just one degree shy of that as, a, as sort of a workaround. Mm. And he always had you know, a whole bunch of ideas up in the air and, like, maybe none of them would be 
fruitful to anything. So he always, you know, he's always working on something, but never like something that turned out this this catastrophically yeah. is just beyond her beyond her ability to comprehend. So it's got me thinking, and some of this is just me clarifying the actual facts of this whole world. But um, was the story that we got originally that like he had created new life for Kalir or whatever, and then other people made like fake new life knockoffs, and that's how it spread everywhere? Uh, more or less, that he he had the beginnings of something, and then it got into the wrong hands before it was before he before he. I, I think this is what he had imparted yeah. to you guys is that he had the beginnings of, of something um, and then his his work was compromised or stolen and then it just proliferated hmm. we got sent underneath Pharaoh's point to find the symbols on those pillars and those were created by Elwyn as well and that was to protect the barrier or like keep a barrier between the different planes. Mm-hmm. Does she know anything about that and when it was created and his work do- doing that? So I'm just like, are you sort of asking in a way that doesn't like reveal the, the whole existence or are you just going to lay it all out on the on the line? It's only us in this cart, right? And Anna. Yeah. And Dog. Are we supposed right. to try not to? The dog that might be Mago. <laughs> <laughs> Doggo, yes. Everyone could be Mago. It's true. Even though your cousin was possessed by a dragon and then unpossessed and saved from the brink of death, so I'm pretty sure she's the only one who's actually safely not Mago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just on that point, like, Brita is just along for the ride at this point. Like, she's very shaken up. Like, she's just almost, almost comatose just kind of like like staring out the back of the cart and you're like yeah another thing on the checklist when we get to this location is maybe find her some medical attention I, yeah i was just gonna ask what sort of what type of psychiatry do they practice in this world <laughs> she might enjoy the new uh change of scenery in the middle of nowhere as a ranger we get up there she can make a new home Nature, yeah as long as the city isn't crazy, we're making it up to be some sort of ideal paradise. <laughs> all everyone's we ship all our NPCs up here, so I guess um back to the conversation with Anna. Uh yeah, I I would pretty well say like hey, like we knew that he was working on yeah, the pillars with inscribed with runes that kept the barrier up between the planes. And if she knows any more about that work. The existence of that is news to her. She, she wasn't high up enough, like in the military or social standing to to be in on that particular secret. Now she also mentioned that he he always had a number of things kind of going on that he was working on at once. Did he, when he was like that, did he ever seem kind of scattered and erratic, or was he still always pretty? on the ball when it came to what he was doing. That's that's like a tough thing to quantify. Mm-hmm. Like if you are wanting to sort of describe to her how he is now yeah. versus her recollection of how he was, mm-hmm. she would say like, yeah, you know, he, he always was learning something new, doing something, like creating something new. So to that extent, he was a little bit s- scattered, but still able to to focus Mm -hmm. but after 
this monumental blunder of his, she can kind of see how that would kind of break someone's personality. Yeah, because he's always been, you know, almost on the edge of forgetfulness and not super aware of, like, what's going on around him. Mm -hmm. And very messy. You always keep papers <laughs> on the shay. Yeah, I'm less I'm less concerned about that part. Just the yeah, the fact that he's so scattered all the time, and like you said, of that forgetfulness and and kind of always yeah. There's just a lot of things that have sort of become more suspicious about him as this campaign has gone on. I think, and I mean, if we feel suspicious about him, everything that we're doing is on his. I'm not going to say orders, but whatever. So if we're suspicious at all, that's going to completely, it's going to heavily impact everything we're doing. The one redeeming quality would be, he, he, Teller has told us that he's going to ask me to kill him. Mm -hmm. So if he is being controlled, we know that at least part of him is also trying to help. If he wants us to kill him, I would assume it's because he's trying to help the greater good, right? So I'm just throwing that out there, that if it is a control thing or... Maybe at some point in the future it'll be that. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But if it was that thing, then there are two sides of that coin. But it also could be that he's about to be captured or something's about to happen and he wants, he has too much information and he'll definitely give it up. So we have to slit his throat. Faye's really good at that. <laughs> I rolled on the encounter table for two days and there's actually nothing really that happens. Like this is a very, like you get the idea that this is a main road to like that will lead to tall hill but it resembles more of the like farm roads that you were taking when you were escaping pharaoh's point so even the main roads here are very uh lightly traveled can i roll like a couple days of animal handling to see if i can train up dog a little bit sure uh can i ask like what, what are you trying to train him to do i just kind of want him to be um i guess obedient because he was just a stray dog that we picked up so he like he's taken a liking to us but Want him to actually be able to follow some orders, maybe. All right, sure. Roll, uh, roll some animal handling. <laughs> it's a natural one. <laughs> first time. I'm, I'm gonna get bit, right? <laughs> I'm gonna get bit the first bit. time. Yep. And you have rabies and bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see how day two goes. Day one, he was a little. He was mad at me for leaving him with Anna. <laughs> That's gonna be a seven on day two. <laughs> He's warming up. I guess. That's how dog rolls. Ugh. When you want him to like you, he nope. doesn't. While we're traveling, can I finally ask my sword its name? <laughs> yeah, sure. Take Have the conversation, because I know that I pulled him out and he was like, I thought this is okay. And I need to explain later when we were attacking Brita. Oh yeah, sure. Sure. Sword's name is Maximus the Vane. Maximus the Vane. Maximus the Vane. So my sword is Vane. Yeah. You have a lot in common. <laughs> I'm the prettiest one here. <laughs> and uh, how does Maximus the Vane... Why does my sword have a personality? Can I, like, ask that of him? or? Maximus was a, a terrific swordsman in his day. But uh, in his adventures as a, as a traveling uh, warrior... He became enemies with a uh, with a with a magician who, or 
became enemies with a wizard who who cursed him, and when he died, his soul went into a sword. Would it be a side quest esque to save him from the sword, or is it something he enjoys being in, like to help him cross over to whatever greater plane he believes in? Um, if he can, if he can find find the wizard who who cursed him, he'll be able to go to the other side. But uh, until then, he's kind of resigned to being inside the sword. He's like, you know, I, I should have seen it coming. Having to four or five other people that I knew. Uh, I just should have got out while the getting was good. But uh, such is life. Such is the afterlife inside of a sword. Alright, that's all I really wanted to know about him, so I see them again. On the second day, uh, you're, everyone gets a ping in the tattoo room from Elwyn. Is anyone not picking up? Oh, you mean some of us don't want to go and I'll go in. Uh, yeah, I'll respond. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. go. Okay. I think he just wants to see how you're doing because it's been probably 11 or 12 days since you... Wait, longer than that. Yeah, maybe 13, 14 days since you left the city. So he's just kind of seeing how you're doing. Making sure you're still alive. But uh, good to see that everyone's still in one piece. (laughs) Have you managed to secure Dragon Bone? Okay. Fine. Yes. In my curt, short, non-elaborating way. <laughs> yep. He's... Oh, that's that's brilliant. I don't know how you got some, but I've been thinking about some cool things to make with it in addition to the device that will save everyone. So as soon as you get back, make some cool new gadgets for everybody. Mm. Are, you on, are you on your way back? If you haven't left... Uh, to return yet. We just managed to find the bones, so we're still uh, reorganizing before our return. A few things to tie up here before we can go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were these gadgets you were thinking of? Oh, well, um, can make some enhancements to your armor and and weapons. Mm-hmm. Those will probably come in handy. Uh, that's what I've been working on so far. Some potions that'll give you some extra vigor for the, the battles to come. That'd be good too, even though my last forays into potions didn't turn out so well. Gives me ample confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get back on that horse. Mm-hmm. How are things back in Pharaoh's Point? Is uh, the location still secure? I'm still secure, and all the other members of the Alliance are still safe, but the city grows less and less agreeable by the day. The Dragonborn really don't have an interest in maintaining order. I, I can only think that this this can really only go on for so long, but uh, I've, I haven't seen any dragons reappear, so I guess the barrier's still intact. And has there any, has there been any more Dragonborn coming over to reinforce? No, they, they haven't been sending over. They, they already have, essentially, their main standing army in the city, and then plus all of the Iron Guardians. So it's a substantial fighting force that they have here. Martin has told me that many have been underground for some time, but they've slowly been coming back up. I think they're getting tired of their lack of progress down there. So I'm curious to see what what these fiends will do next, what their next gambit is to try to, to break us. Okay, well, I just wanted to see that you were okay. Looking forward to seeing everybody back here. Mm-hmm. He turns to me. I even have currently 
nothing on your piece of furniture. I scoff <gasps> a little bit because I don't believe him. <laughs> okay. You were correct to disbelieve me. I was going to take all the stuff off. I intended to take it all off. So just, you know what? I'll do it next. Don't lie to me, old man. Cool. So, well, he's going to peace out unless anyone has any questions for him. No. What exactly has he been doing, sorry? Waiting for us. Hanging around. Keeping an eye on things. Okay. Staying out of sight. Tall Hill is a village of about a thousand people. It's situated between a glacial lake to the east, which rests at the base of the Ice Peak Mountains, and uh, to the west is the mouth of the Restless River. The town itself is on high ground, as the name suggests, with large rolling green hills dominating much of the surrounding landscape. It's very idyllic. Uh, It's home to many farmers and fishermen, with farmlands visible for miles around Tall Hill. Some locals occasionally brave the gloom-den forest to the southwest, which hold danger and wealth in equal measure. So as your carriage rolls into town, you can quickly identify you can quickly identify the various structures, the various locales here. You can see the tavern, which is called the Dancing Rapier. You notice a proliferation of small shrines to various uh, deities, um, mostly neutral or neutral good deities of nature. Notice there's a, a small presence of militia uh, patrolling the streets, like only, like you only see a, a handful who wear metal bracers to show their actual rank. Otherwise, they're just kind of dressed in their own armor. And the structure that stands out the most, unsurprisingly, is a three-story tower um, off to the western edge of the town, closer to the uh, to where the Rustless River is. And you assume that this is the Wizard's Tower, because wizards love them towers. And you roll in, it's, uh, what time is it? Let me roll me a 12-sided die, and we're going to figure out what time it is. Eight. Get there in the morning. 8 a.m. Who runs this place? So after asking a few locals... You find out that the local sheriff is named Reginald Harding. He's an older man. You spot him maybe uh, at the local or going into or out of the local tavern. You can tell by looking at him that his best days are behind him. And uh, a few town gossips tell you that he spends most of his time on his fishing boat getting drunk. There's no, like, mayor or, like, do people just show up and build houses? It's kind of like a um, like a fishing and farming community. Okay. So there's not a ton of reason to come here unless you're just gonna basically settle down and work the land or, okay. or fish. Kind of settlement rules still. Yeah, it's like unincorporated territory. Nice. <laughs> That's ideal. <laughs> I'll have to ask anyone permission for things. <laughs> I guess we'll need a place to stable the horses and to stay for the night. It's still early, but we'll have to figure that out eventually. Yeah, and maybe even just getting maybe let Brita kind of Hang out Chill. on her own. Mm-hmm. She yeah, doesn't need to come on all her errands. I can play it at the local tavern so that we have a place to stay. Because sure. I always have a place to stay. I'll have to just sing a song or something. There's nothing that I can do about that. Nope. <laughs> Short of 
of having lightning strike the tavern and burning it to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> or having someone possessed by a dragon and burn the tavern to the ground. Oh, yeah, well, I did that once already. I don't want to become repetitive. <laughs> As we look around, is there anything else? Is there any other shops or established uh, businesses? Uh, you find, like, the, the, the typical small village um, staples. Like, they need a tannery to, to make... You know, leather gear. What? When you said staples, I was thinking like staples. Yeah, the store was like, "Where are you going with this?" Uh, office furniture, <laughs> paper supplies, yeah. printers. It's really important in a Chairs fishing and farming wheels. community. <laughs> Sorry, with proper yeah. lumber support. Yeah, like a like a blacksmith. But there there are a few independent vendors who. Like what happens with the glue with the the forest, um, and you learn this from the locals as well, is that it was the site of a battle during the war, and so there's a lot of gear that's kind of left over there, but it's kind of like in this inhospitable swampland, marshland sort of thing. So it's dangerous to go in there, but people do will like go in there and try to find the more valuable stuff that's left over, like trinkets and magic items and magic weapons and stuff like that. So there's a few dealers in town who have, like, just a handful of oddities. Seems like a nice town. Mm-hmm. I like this place. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to grace them with my presence. Are you playing, like, right now? Like a... No, whatever. We, okay. we make a stop at a tavern that works for you. I saw that awesome Dragonborn song I want to sing for everyone. Ooh. <laughs> By awesome, I mean revisionist history. <laughs> So the five of you are there for uh, only a short period of time. You've, you know, gotten your your horses a, a spot to to rest, and you get yourselves accommodations at the Dancing Rapier, which is there's six of us, right? Anna and Brita. Oh yeah, the six of you. That's what I said. Uh, and then uh, at at some point during the day, like you're you're kind of getting the the feel of the town, and uh, there's this caravan that is coming back into town from the southwest and Lilith is among them she is floored to see the the four of you and then she I don't know, is she happy? She, I think she's happy, yeah we're not going to tie her up and take her stuff this time <laughs> hey what I do in my private time isn't for the group to discuss <laughs> you Lilith hit a new relationship level <laughs> So she tells you that she was just coming back from, like, basically working as hired um, hired muscle as protection for one of these expeditions that's going out into the forest, coming back with what they may or may not have, have found. Uh, she doesn't know how successful the haul was. She thinks they got a few pieces of junk and then maybe one or two good things. But uh, she's basically been working while this wizard finishes... The device that she's paid him to finish. But she the says, yeah, I, I didn't know when to expect you or if I'd see you again. Also, yeah, your wizard friends are at the Dancing Rapier as well. They do not get along with this wizard who's here. <laughs> not in the least. He's very stuck up. Very smart, but yeah, just paper thin um, sensitivity. You know what I mean? Hmm. Did, did they say something that, like, set him off? Hello? 
Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Does does he like you? He, I think he likes the fact that I'm paying him. Paying I don't him. think he like. I don't think anybody in the town really likes him all that much. Mm-hmm. He's very full of himself. Very smart, but he's. I think he's covering up for some kind of insecurity. You'll get the you'll get the measure of him soon enough, I'm sure. What's this wizard's name? His first name is Envedius. He calls himself Envedius the Wise, but he's pretty young to be toting that moniker. Uh, I ask her if she's been staying at the tavern as well. I have. It's it's really the only accommodations in town. They don't seem to mind to drow among them as long as I'm pulling my weight. Works fine for me. Excellent. So are we off to see the wizard? The wonderful wizard of <laughs> Tall Hill? Oh, I mean, that's on the list. <laughs> or do we want to go see our other wizard friends? Yeah, maybe meet up with them first. Yeah, because we, we're going to the tavern, right? And she was returning, so we're still around the, uh, the rapier. We, right we know now. a teller's there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess maybe we'll ask the front desk about them. Maybe we could visit them in their rooms, like if we haven't seen them out in the common areas. You head on up to their sort of meagerly appointed room, and you, like they, uh, Osa greets you at the door, lets, lets everyone in. It's very cramped with now nine, ten people in there. Um, Teller's kind of sitting by the window, just like looking out with his hands in his lap. Of course, yeah, warm greetings and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, do we catch them up on what we've done since seeing them? I have, I say we flat out just asked that we're interested in what Teller's been talking because mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, we're definitely we, we think that that's key to the next part of our like mm-hmm. plan because if he can shed more light on our team and people around us and things that he's been saying, it'll make a big difference in our next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have they been keeping any logs of his premonitions? As, he, as a matter of fact, yes. So he said some things repeatedly. He's mentioned that the dragon in Pharaoh's Point is becoming afraid. He foresees or has spoken about fire in the Great Tower, and we think that that's the Arcane Academy, although we've had communications from, what's her name, Amelia Nightshade. Thank you, Amelia Nightshade. I was testing you and you passed. <laughs> we've had communications that, that Arizax has actually begun to relent his torturous interrogations. So he's slowly getting the picture that nobody at the Academy knows what happened to Clara. He's spoken about five who will reshape the realm and a great transformation. Nothing about fame and fortune. A bard that lives forever and notorious Oh, he, greatness. he did speak about a redlum fame and earning fame and fortune. No! <laughs> no! So he said the dragon in Pharaoh's Point is becoming afraid. Yeah, we assume that he's talking about Agarand. But Agarand is a dragonborn. He's not a dragonborn, he's a half-dragon. Oh, he's a half-dragon. That's he right. is the son of the red yeah, dragon yeah, yeah, that's yeah, trapped yeah. on the other side. Right. If he's starting to see that... Uh, because we already knew he was asking questions about where Kalira was, so we could assume that he didn't act, doesn't know. And if he doesn't know and no one else knows, then obviously we could Maybe infer he's that... he's been huffing too many of that shadow gas... In the Underdark, where he was trying to get into. Yeah, maybe. That stuff really makes you feel crazy. He hasn't mentioned anything else about um, 
Elwin. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I was blanking on his name. As soon as you say Elwin's name, he he just kind of like says from the window without looking. He's like, ah, the man with two minds. Mm. Oh, damn. Is he willing to elaborate on that at all? If I'm like... He's hard to communicate with, right? Because when you talk to him, <laughs> yeah. he comes out of his visionary and tends to, they said, like, he loses focus on because he can't be in one space in one time. He just kind of comes with what's around him. Mm. Yeah, so his... If you if you saw Minority Report, it's like if you are seeing the present and then numerous things from the future all happening at once, it's it's tough to communicate with like one channel when there's a hundred channels on. What did I have to roll last time when I asked him a question? Uh, it's just a straight D twenty roll, like for chance, and it's not like you can like rattle off one question after another. Yeah. Okay. Wait, what are we doing? Well, when I asked him a question before, I had to roll something. Uh, and if I succeeded, then he would be able to answer it. Oh. But I didn't know what it was. Like, I didn't know if it was persuasion or something. And so he just says it's a chance roll. Mm. I want but that. you said the man of two minds. Maybe I would... I think Faye would ask him to elaborate. What does he mean by that? What do you mean by that? So I'd have to roll for that. Roll it. That's a 13. He does not acknowledge your presence. Ugh. I'm just going to talk in general, and I guess in a way, like i trying not to ask directly of anyone, but to talk about the flying ship designed to look like a dragon that was manned by men with green skin and describe the way they dressed, and just to see if anyone knows anything about that. I wonder if Agarand is in, like, cahoots with them, and they're kind of da- more dangerous than he is, and that's why he's scared. We're also assuming that he's talking about Agarand when he says the dragon is becoming afraid. Yes, mm-hmm. well, he's the only dragon on our... So, Gilly mentions the airships, and Teller seems to pick up on that, and he says, Hunters, hunters in the sky riding wooden beasts. Yes, these hunters in the sky... We're following us, um, but I still don't know why. No, no further response from him on that. I'm going to bring up the black orb because he seems to be like we're saying certain words, queuing into different things. So I want to say, someone talk about the big black round thing we have in the big in the hole. I love that because you like pick up on what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, why don't you guys talk about? Oh, uh, weird thing to talk about. You know that big, smooth, shiny black orb thing. It whispers whenever you guys touch it. Yes. Yeah, in incomprehensible language. Should leave that in the the hole. It creeps me out. Be interesting to see what happens. Well, if when Thomas you mention it, it I, I, I get uncomfortable and I say, "Yeah," and that's why we leave it in the hole. As I'm like reaching in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say something if you attempted to get out the portable hole. It's like, no, 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 leave it in there. No one needs to hear that creepy whispering. I think I hold it out. <laughs> well, like you would have to unfold the portable hole, put it. Well, I already was. Class. That's the whole point. It's like I was saying, you know, this, and I was unfolding it. Was the joke because as you were saying, not to, my hand was already in 
the portable hole to try and I'm grab. I'm just saying one. it would take quite a bit. I would can have you, opportunity can, for action. Can you make a uh, like a sleight of hand check? Because this is, thing is now full of dragon bones, right? Oh right. Well, and I'm saying I wouldn't let her do it. Mm. Okay. Like it's unfolding right, a big right. sheet. I'd probably steal it off of you before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're all jammed into a small room as well. He's not going to let me. I'm going to attempt to. Oh, we can do an opposed sleight of hand. Yeah. We can do an opposed sleight of hand check if. Yeah. If you're just like trying to do it and not even paying attention. While yeah, I'm not paying attention. I was literally yeah. just going to show it to tell her because I thought you guys are all saying stuff and he's saying things about things we don't know. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Especially because I know who I'm against. But anyways, nine. I rolled a 13. Well, I got a 13. That's my final. All right, so there's a little bit of fumbling back and forth. But uh, yeah, I guess Gilly kind of swipes the uh, portable hole as you're just taking out. You're probably like, let's get this black orb. Hey. Just my mage hand. and just. So then I look at him. I'm like, okay. So then I walk up to Teller and, you know, round, black, shiny from underground with the weird city. The library with all the posts. I think I think one of the other wizards is going to be like maybe give him give him some space. What kind of magic fortune telling machine is this guy? Well, can we ask them more about the wizard? Have they oh, had yeah, any interaction with him other than hello? <laughs> you guys don't get along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Devin kind of throws his hands up, and Oso is like, "It's clear he's he's got some kind of chip on his shoulder, specifically about people from the academy." I don't know if maybe he. His application wasn't strong enough to get in or, or, or whatever, but he's got a quite a, actually an impressive workshop, but he's uh, on the verge of being insufferable. I'm just curious if they've, if they've seen the workshop, can they tell like what sort of things he's doing based on what he has? Well, he, he makes magic items, you know, on, on sort of a customer to customer basis. And she points to Lilith and kind of studies and identifies the things that get brought in from the swamps. Uh, for the townsfolk, but I think he's really just trying, um, like, other than that, I think he's trying to improve his craft. I guess that's how he affords that tower of his? Supposedly, yeah. it's That seems to be it. Kind of an odd relationship. I, th- I think he, in a weird way, offers the, the village more protection than the sheriff does. Hmm. Although I've heard the sheriff is a competent fighter when he's sober, whenever that is. Then we've heard he's a bit of a, a gruff personality. Is there anything that makes that kind of guy happy? Like what kind of thing interests him? Wait, the wizard or the sheriff? The wizard. Oh. We know what the sheriff likes. <laughs> I think he likes, he enjoys people sort of humoring his, I don't want to call them delusions, but he he certainly has some lofty aspirations for where he is. Someone like him, if he does a lot of identifying items and stuff like that, maybe some he might be a good person to bring this orb to and see if he has any insight about it. Yeah, I feel better that with possible like magic protections and stuff as mm-hmm. well. Um, would be interested to see. I mean, I so we definitely have to talk to the wizard, and I'm curious about all sorts of things related to him. Also curious about this business of retrieving relics and items from the swampy mm-hmm. forest yeah um and Giladob has a bit of a, a private uh thing that he'll go off around the town to do whenever that's a good opportunity they go polish his stones <laughs> yeah, that's what i tell people 
<laughs> tell them something that's just patently gross so they like to <laughs> yeah, ask yeah. any other probing questions. Creepy gnomes, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a daytime thing. Like, so if we're at the tavern and just talking, when things kind of come to like a lull, I would just take some time to go out around the town by myself. Is that is that when you're doing the secret things? So Gilly wants to go off and, and start asking around town and seeing, are there any structures, like buildings or whatever, that aren't occupied? And how does one... You know, is there someone who builds the structures in town? Like, I'm looking for a place. Like, this is cottage country, man. We gotta invest. Um, interesting. Okay, let me think about that. While yeah. while this is happening, what is everyone else doing? So at this point, I think we've moved into the afternoon. Well, I guess it would be important to get Anna set up somewhere so that she can continue her work. Mm-hmm. She can see that in her room, though. Yeah, I guess if she's got her own kind of private room where she can. So yeah, we might want to rent her her own private room. Yeah. But also doing magical experiments in the uh, country tavern isn't the ideal place, but at least it's a temporary. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try training dog up a little bit more. Let's see what happens there. Fair enough. Do we want to visit any of the local stores? Does anyone need to like restock any stuff? Like we, I think some of us used a fair bit of potions. Mm-hmm. As he looks at me. <laughs> <laughs> I might yeah. look for some arrows or some such around here. Mm-hmm. I would tell you guys to pick me up some health potions if you're shopping. Okay. Because I don't think I would personally well, go and shop. I, I say I'm going off on my own errands, I guess. Maybe we send other party members to go do some shopping. Well, he trains dog and sets up, helps Anna set up her room. Sure. I rolled a 16 for animal handling. Nice. Or are you going to, like, perform more at the tavern? I might perform if there's actually people around okay. now in the afternoon. I feel like 8 a.m. is probably a little early to <laughs> be performing. So can we send Vanna off for supplies? Sure. Do you have money or do you need some? I have 535 gold pieces. Oh, that's too indecent. Yeah. Yeah, like, I've got healing potions on me, but if, if some people want to restock. Or even just to, like, get a sense of what's available. But. Mm-hmm. Do you have the um, the parchment that goes to Shigar uh, Stoneskin? I do believe so. Yeah. Um, where do I have? Maybe before you leave to go on your Rainer's Quillen Scroll. I think that I that was that the one. yeah that was the one right. Because then the other one. And then yeah, because we to gave it to Shigar when we were yeah. down there. So yeah. Before you go, could I like borrow that off you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Are you putting it down, or is it will just be returned? Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, in terms of me yeah. keeping track of it, that's all. I might send a little scroll letter thing to Shigar and just ask him, first of all, just kind of check in, see how things are going in the underground. We kind of got a bit of a report now saying that it seems like some of the Dragonborn are starting to maybe recede a little bit from, from that end. So maybe just briefly check in, see if, if he's doing okay. And then I just want to ask him... If he's ever heard of anything about these hunters in the sky, maybe some sort of bounty hunters or something that fly by air to to travel or, or anything like that. Maybe briefly describe what we saw, see if he knows any anyone like that. Okay, so you send that message and it's a couple hours before you get anything back. And he reports that the the line is holding... The Dragonborn seem to be falling back and regrouping, so the morale is pretty high. But 
And with regards to what you saw in the sky, he's got no idea. And, I'm sorry, Van is going out looking for arrows and healing potions? Yes, but I think first I will, uh, we're already, we're currently at the tavern, yes? Sure. I'll probably, like, have a drink or two with Brita, and Mm. I feel like she needs to mellow out a little bit. I'll talk to her and try to make her feel less bad and, you know. In the way that, you know, repressed 50 or 60-year-old men share their feelings, that's the extent to which I'll try and help her, but... So, you know, I think one of your character traits is has something to do with honor. Can you read that for me? If I dishonor myself, I dishonor my whole clan. Is that the one? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, she's kind of on the same wavelength with you on that, and she feels as though her weakness with getting possessed and then costing the lives of you know a whole bunch of innocent people and throwing a whole town into fear like she she feels that her weakness led to that so she's kind of wondering like how does she continue with herself like is there any redemption for her from from where she is now so that's kind of her frame of mind i guess i just tell her that like i don't think it's her weakness necessarily. It was just, unfortunately, it was her that was possessed. It could have been any one of us. And, you know, I would maybe reassure that, you know, she's helping us. There's the greater good. Like, she has a potential to help all of Pharaoh's point. That is just too much emotion. <laughs> Can you make a... Uh, pers- a comforting check. Comforting check. <laughs> ther- therapeutic check. Yeah, no, give me, I think, try to pers- persuade her. 19. Whoa! She kind of, like, p- pats your hand and then doesn't say anything else. Mm-hmm. Can I tell by reading her face, does she seem a little more uplifted? Yeah, yeah. You'd think it's going to be a, a bit of a journey. <laughs> Katie just did this, like, fist pump, like... <laughs> <laughs> I therapized the shit out of her. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, okay. And sorry, Faze is performing at this time? Yeah. People are, like, coming in off the streets just to hear you play. Do I get to read my performance? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yes, please. So can you tell, like, what this, this, um, this poem is referring to? What event? I think you'll understand what the story is when I read my revisionist history. It's good. <laughs> At least I thought it was funny. <laughs> you always introduce it. Did you name the song? Brave Bard. <laughs> mm, that says a lot. Brave Bard, Volume 2. <laughs> the Bravest Bard. I plan on doing a whole series. The Brave Bard Returns. <laughs> Attack Bravier of the Brave Bard. <laughs> okay, this is going to be a thing now. All right, so she gets up on stage. It says, let me tell you a tale of a bard so brave, a braver bard you will never find. She slaughtered ten dragonborn all on her own, and friends, that tale is mine. There I stood face to face with a horrible scum, alone in a cave down below. 
My friends, was I scared? Oh no, not me, for I had something to show. I pulled out my sword and I beckoned them near with a sparkle in my eye. They had information my friends did seek, and for that I was ready to die. They thought they could fool me, but I was too quick in my questions I did ask. Well caught in a deathly dance of our swords, each death was clean and fast. When I got to the last, his knees did shake, and I knew I had him scared. He spilled out his guts in more ways than one, and no evil scum was spared. I walked away without a scratch, a hero in everyone's eye. No need to thank me. I did what I must. I'm awesome, and I don't need to try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If so Van just, is in the bar, she'll just like take a really long drink of her beer and just let him inside. Philadelphia's not in the bar, but he gets weird shivers. <laughs> <laughs> so just to be clear, you're t- talking about the time when you when you murdered Killed several prisoners. captive drug boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then but, I don't even know if we got that much information out of them. But <laughs> no, we really. didn't. Yeah. But history is only remembered by the bards who write it. So. <laughs> Still haven't opened that damn box because we weren't able to get it out of them. I think we should try and sell it here. There's some stuff that I'm looking at selling. Like people buy magical stuff around here. Yeah. I've got uh, the twin hammers still on me. We've got that creepy evil god necklace. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, at a do place. have I like I have a wand of magic missile. <laughs> we've never even thought of using. Yeah, but that could come in handy. Yep. Still get a chime of opening. Me too. And our rings of resisting fire. But, you know, not that I'm saying we want to get rid of those. But you're also, Katie, you're also going to buy some healing potions. Was that like for... Who's this Katie? Uh, <laughs> ben is going to buy some healing potions. Was that just for you or for... I I think uh, I'll buy a, a couple, yeah. Primarily for fiance. See if they have a six pack or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where do they come in? Okay, so how many were you looking to acquire? How many did you use? I used two or three last time. Ooh, I'll just go for, let's go for four. How, or how much are they? They're 50 gold a piece. Okay. The vendor looks apologetic, but he says, you know, don't get too many customers, so there's not a whole lot of flexibility. He, he'll say he'll do the four of them for 190. Does he have any interesting weapons or any arrows? It's a no on the arrows. But he has, you can see he's got like, um, like a skeletal hand, uh, on like one, like his chop is very, very small. It's, it's more just like a window of his home. Uh, so anyway, so he's got like this skeletal hand that has five rings on each finger. Well, sorry, one ring on each finger for five rings total. Um, and he says he's got, I've got two rings of protection, a ring of jumping, a ring of feather falling. And a ring of the ram. And then he also has, uh, from like underneath the counter, he's like, just hefts up this shield and he says, this, this shield um, floats around you when you speak the command word. And uh, when he says that, it like starts floating. He says, oh, I forgot the command word was command. He grabs it. And he says, so if you're using a two-handed weapon, it can still offer you some protection. Can I show him my current shield and... Ask him if, like, a trade would be possible. Or not, like, a one-to-one trade, but, like, what would you give me for my old shield? He says, well, these, this one is very hard to come by, so he's looking at, uh, in terms of gold pieces, it would be, like, a thousand. Ah, like, right, it's yeah. a very rare thing. So, essentially, like, when you use your longbow, your AC is 16. Yeah. With this, you could have a shield 
while you're still using your longbows, your AC would be 18. But, like, you have a couple things that you could potentially trade, right? Yeah. I also, Well, I have Cliff Muscles Axe. You got, you've got some gold. You've got yeah. Cliff Muscles Axe. You've got Rainer's Longsword. Yeah. You've got a Drift Globe. Oh, yeah. Um, Which I've never used, really. Okay, so I present him with these options. What is he... What's the reaction? How much gold do you actually have after that, the healing potions transaction? 345. That plus, that plus two axe is rare. He, he'll do um, the, the axe, the drift globe, your, your current shield, and then 200 gold. Okay. We have an agreement. I'm going to, yeah, I'll leave it at that, but I will t- come back and tell the team about all the different rings and whatnot if, if they're interested. So if you, if you mentioned those rings, um, Spruce is definitely interested in that ring of protection. One, two, one of them. Yeah. yeah. How much was he selling those for? Oh, it's plus one to AC and saving throws. Ooh, dang. So it's, that's rare. So that's five hundo, but you could also trade some stuff. You have a magic staff that you never use. Yeah, how much are plus one twin hammers that return when thrown? They're each plus one. So. Right. Um, for those, he would do a straight trade. So he'd value them at 500? Yeah, they seem like a specialty item. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I would, uh, I'm would. i going to go over to check this guy's, check this guy's thing out. Mm-hmm. And uh, go I'll let him know I've got this. Magic quarterstaff. But yeah, if I were to trade the magic quarterstaff, then what would he ask for the ring? I think if it was just the staff, probably would knock 100 or 150 off of it. If it was the staff and what you also have a chime of opening, mm-hmm. you probably cut it in half 200 or 250. I'm going to attempt to bargain. Okay. Saying you know, each one of these hammers is magical and rare. And to have both matching, you know, of the, of the pair, I think is even more valuable. So how about we make the trade plus, you know, a little, a little gold on the side. Okay. Oh, for your transaction? Yeah. Or, or like for Spruce's and together? For the hammers, for the, okay. yeah. I thought you were going to go into like a, like spin a yarn about like, like the crazy, like hill giant that you stole them from or something like well, that. Well, I would tell the story of... The like whatever his name is, twin neighbors, <laughs> and yeah, the great used by a great warrior who fell in battle. Uh, you know they've seen uh, many, many a war. Or... Right. Persuade away. Sixteen. Okay, so he he'll he'll say okay. Well, you make a good point. There is basically two of them. They do come back. So you say. Probably give him a demonstration or something like that. And I open the door and I whip one out in the street. And it just appears <laughs> back in my hand. Like right before it hits someone in the face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so he'll he'll give you a, like a hundred on on the on the deal. Fine. You have yourself a deal. How much gold does Spruce have? Spruce isn't typically Not concerned much. with gold. No. I guess I could try bartering with him. <laughs> sure, why not? What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. <laughs> I try bartering, but my persuasion's worse than my intimidation. <laughs> I guess I'll try and intimidate him into giving it to me for less. I'm glad I did my transaction first. <laughs> Maybe I'll get angry. I'll be like, "You're gonna give him a good deal, but not me." Well, and you could have been there at separate times, and 
No, this works in my favor. Okay. So it gives me a reason to be a, try and be intimidating instead of persuasion. Works me. Six. Looks <laughs> like your voice cracks while you're here. Yeah. He says, "Well, tell you what, my uh, my useless brother-in-law is going out into the into the swamps uh, tomorrow or the day after. If you're willing to go along as protection, it looks like you got a pretty mean glaive there, and you know how to use it, then I'll uh, then I'll give you this ring." As a, as as a payment to go along with, yeah, maybe you and one and one of your one of your friends. I I, I saw you roll into town with a few other uh, hard looking adventurers, and yeah. if uh, a couple of you go, then yeah, we'll call it we'll call that a deal. Maybe get the contact for the guy like hiring for this. You can work for free, and we might be able to negotiate some paid labor. True. Yeah, deal. Okay, so he basically gives you. Like, tells you to come back, like, tomorrow or the day after or something like that, and, uh... So I'll ask him then, could he could he use a few more people? Well, the more protection that we have, the longer we can stay out there. And the, the more profitable the venture is, hopefully. Because I, yeah, I could probably get a few, a few more people in if there's a payment of some sort to be had for them. You're, you're not amateurs, right? I mean, you look, you, <laughs> you look experienced. Spruce just laughs. Your your group will be well protected. Hot damn, maybe we can finally get into that black bog we've been so keen to get in. Sure. Yeah, like Gilladob's interested to go just for the heck of it. Mm. He doesn't need much convincing. The world needs saving. Let's go to the bog. <laughs> Gotta take out the side quests when you can. <laughs> I mean, I'm not there right now, I don't think, but I mean, if I'm asked to go, I'll go. <laughs> You're getting voluntold. Yeah. I go where I'm told. So can you tell me, I, I guess as we're wrapping up here, can you can you describe to me like how how your room arrangements are? Like are you all like is it one big bed? Is it uh are you Whoa, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna have to get a couple different rooms. Gilladob being super anally protective of Enna would definitely set up traps and locks on her room before okay. he went to bed. And not tell her about it. <laughs> Probably do. Because he also doesn't think that far ahead. She gets up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> there was there went to work the other way around for someone okay, trying to break to into the, the to As long as Anna doesn't try to get into her own room by scaling the outside of the building. <laughs> <laughs> I already checked for the window. As Brita, Vanna, and Faye are getting to your room... Faye and, sorry, Ven and Brita don't notice this. You notice right away that there's, uh, like, someone just kind of sitting in a chair in your room. Just kind of looks like waiting patiently. He's wearing this black and crimson-laced robe with a hood. And then when someone, I don't know, turns on the torch, you see someone that you haven't seen for... Oh, geez. Days. <laughs> For 24 episodes. <laughs> no, wait, more than that. Almost 30 episodes. Uh, when the light comes on, Arizax stands up and he says, I think we're going to need everyone in the room for this discussion. 